Okay, welcome. Welcome. Can you hear me? Hopefully, yeah. Okay. Welcome to Immunize Wisely on the Republic Broadcasting Network. Today is February 10th. 2024, and I'm your host, Ingrid Castle. I'm the Director of Vaccination Liberation, a national grassroots association dedicated to providing information on vaccinations and injections of all kinds, not often made available to the public and clearly censored today. Um, we want people, especially the RBN network of people, to make the only truly informed choice, which is complete avoidance and refusal. I mean, I would do just anything you know, to avoid an injection, for sure. So, um, I want to mention that our websites are vaccinetruth.com, vaccinetruth.net. That's where we mirror our exemption pages. But our main website is VAC. LIB.org. That's uh, vaccination, VAC, LIB for liberation, and then .org for organization. We also have vaclib.com if you forget. Wealth of information there. Uh, my business website is humbleweed.net. Um, for networking, I am a networker, and that's where I sell specific, specific high-quality products to help people recover their health in the state age of vaccines, chemicals, and microwave radiation. Do I, you know, glyphosate? I mean, I, you know, there's so much stuff that we're being exposed to. It's it's amazing. Any of us can maintain a, a modicum of health frankly. But I'm inspired by all of you. Uh, a lot of our listeners um, help me to actually help maintain my health because I tend to be not very good about self-care. So I always need to be inspired to make that a priority, especially when you get up in age, you find that you have to do more self-care. So um, we do have a chat room for the show. The show is, um, I'm sorry, the, the chat room is immunizewisely.chatandgo.com. That's immunize wisely. I do stylize wisely with a Z. And then that's chatango.com. That's also a way of finding it. So, you know, just do that. And. I will often drop important links there. Mer Bailey's already on top of it. She drops stuff in there all the time. Thank you, Mer. I really appreciate all the hard work you do for this uh, excellent uh, network called RBN. And and Mer does have her own show now that's on Sundays. Um, yours truly with Mer Bailey. So I'd I'd encourage you to tune in. She always brings important content to the network. Certainly thought-provoking information. Uh, and, of course, uh, they have a thing. You know, there's lots of news items that are posted regularly on the homepage at republicbroadcasting.org. I'd encourage you to look at that. Um, you know, I was looking at it earlier today, and it's just like such a wealth of information. But I don't want to spend a lot of time on that right now just because I'm encouraging you to, to both support the network. You know, this is a one-of-a-kind 
talk radio network. You won't find this kind of network anywhere else in the country where we are caller supported and we have uh, hosts that are so excellent. Uh, I mean, amazing. And I'm following a couple really great seasoned hosts (laughs) that are also extremely knowledgeable. Um, So I'm honored to be on this network and um, I just want to make sure that it's financially solvent and you can do that by going to the homepage and figuring out how you can become a regular supporter. Even even uh, $10 a month goes a long way if it's you know a regular monthly, monthly uh, donation. So, um, you know, we did the whole circumcision thing a few weeks ago, and we never really wrapped it up. It was, you know, a lot of uh, Janice Barcelo's information is really important, and I wanted to bring her on because this is a, a, a very important issue to me. I, I look forward to the day when this uh, barbaric practice is frankly outlawed. But at the very least, um, you know, why aren't we waiting until the baby has a voice, like when he's 18? I mean, there are adults that choose to circumcise, and that's okay. There are adults, after they've been through the public fool education system, indoctrination system rather, um, that choose to get vaccinated when their parents protected them from vaccines but sent them to the public school system. So, uh, but that's, you know, a decision that you know, people should be able to make as adults, in my opinion. Um, you know, I, li- I like my old um, Billy Ray Boyd book. He says, to my knowledge, the riot of baby boys and therefore adult men to intact genitals and full and natural sexuality has not been endorsed by any groups defining themselves as either liberal or progressive. Why? For one thing, their members are as indoctrinated as the rest of us into accepting male circumcision as normal. The, the idea of a man's right to intact genitals seems to many of them foreign and ridiculous, though they would presumably, I hope, rise in stormy protest of female circumcision um, if it were proposed for either medical or religious reasons. So he goes on, you know, he thinks that you know, a lot of it is, you know, would be anti-Semitism. Well, if you're not Jewish, why do it? You know, that's all I can say. But I want to start with just a story, just to recap. And then I'm going to bring on Dr. Dean Lloyd. I just feel like it's important. He has a lot to share about uh, the solution, recovering, because a lot of um, what uh, this does is it goes into the subconscious. It's a trauma that persists. It's actually a form of mind control. There's there's stories of little babies that actually leave their their soul leaves their body while this uh, procedure is happening because it's so incredibly traumatic. The pain, you know, they're 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 newborns. You know, a lot of them. I mean, very soon after they're born, uh, the Jewish people are now waiting till eight days, but they're still. They're very new to this world, and um, it's pretty horrifying. So this is a story of uh, Marilyn Fairy Milo. She's an RN. It was um, from you know back in 1989. She printed it. Um, her her story, and it was as she was a student in nursing. So she says, we students filed into the newborn nursery to find a baby-strapped, 
spread eagle to a plastic board on a, a countertop across the room. He was struggling against his restraints, tugging, whimpering, and then crying helplessly. No one was tending the infant. But when I asked my instructor if I could comfort him, she said, wait till the doctor gets here. I wondered how a teacher of the healing arts could watch someone suffer and not offer assistance. I mean, this is a student nurse, okay? <laughs> I wondered about the doctor's power, which could intimidate others from following protective instincts. When did he arrive? Well, he did arrive. I immediately asked the doctor if I could help the baby. He told me to put my finger into the baby's mouth. I did, and the baby sucked. I stroked his little head and spoke softly to him. To begin, He began to relax and was momentarily quiet. The silence was soon broken by a piercing scream. The baby's reaction to having his foreskin uh, pinched and crushed as the doctor attached the clamp to his penis. The shriek intensified when the doctor inserted an instrument between the foreskin and the glands, which is the head of the penis, tearing the two structures apart. They are normally attached to each other during infancy, so the foreskin can protect the sensitive glands from urine and feces. Well, the baby started shaking his head back and forth, the only part of his body free to move. As the doctor used another clamp to crush the foreskin lengthwise, where he then cut. This made the opening of the foreskin large enough to insert a circumcision instrument, the device used to protect the glands from being severed during the surgery. Uh, the, the baby began to gasp and choke, breathless from his shrill, continuous screams. How could anyone say circumcision is painless when he is suffering so obviously? My bottom lip began to quiver. Tears filled my eyes and spilled, spilled over. I found my own sobs difficult to contain. How much longer could this go on? During the next stage of the surgery, the doctor crushed the foreskin against the circumcision instrument and then finally amputated it. The baby was limp, exhausted, spent. I had not been prepared. Nothing could have prepared me for this experience. To see a part of this baby's penis being cut off without an anesthetic was devastating. But even more shocking was the doctor's comment Barely audible, several octaves below the spiercing cream, screams of the baby. Quote, there's no medical reason for doing this, unquote. I couldn't believe my ears. My knees became weak. Oh, my gosh. And I felt sick to my stomach. I couldn't believe that medical professionals dedicated to helping and healing could inflict such unnecessary pain and anguish on innocent babies. So I'm going to end with that and bring on my guest. I just, oh, it's so emotional and traumatic to me that this, this barbaric practice continues. So anyway, we could go on and on about this, but um, I want to bring on Dean because we needed to recover our men, you know, who have had this happen to them and what it actually does to them uh, psychologically and how, uh, to restore a healthy male psyche so that a man can actually, 
you know, have a healthy relationship with a female and bring in healthy children into this world. That's really important. So um, welcome, Dean. I so appreciate you coming on the show today. Hi, Ingrid. How's my audio? Your audio sounds great. I mean, I can hear you. I was a little choked up sharing that story, but I felt like it was important. There's a couple other stories wow. I'm resisting doing, but I want people to know this is not normal. <laughs> yeah, it's not. And I'm I'm really glad you did bring in the story because we don't relate to these things in our culture in an in an ubiquitous way. It's it's not discussed. It's it's most commonly you know regarded as a sanitation type of procedure and it's disregarding the sanctity the 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 true feelings that are going on with this trauma to the male and Janice which we'll be bringing on the second hour uh, and you had as a guest uh, the previous show uh, is going to uh, join in and what she speaks about most commonly in this this torturous type of procedure is that Men don't reach the level of deep intimacy or deep feelings with their partner. And I'd like to just start by saying I, I wanted to capture the mood of this interview because so oftentimes we talk about the trauma, but we have to truly define the trauma. And Janice's good work, she identifies that when men are cut off, and I'll paraphrase in her own and have her correct me in any way, but uh, this is the way I'm seeing it, is that that the fee deep feelings are cut off due to the trauma preventing the deep connection of a man. Right? The deep connection, what does that mean? Well, it, the procedure is pointing him in the direction of a programmed abuse or self-sabotage, violence, and insecurity, then what we are often brought up as men should not pay attention to their feelings. We should not, we should disregard them. We should not be as, you know, don't be the uh, sensitive male. Well, it takes great strength to be gentle. And to understand this procedure from the standpoint of where medicine has taken us into this deep, subconscious, fear base and trauma to overcome such a procedure is only the physical side of it, right? We have to take on the challenges that we are brought up with not paying attention to what we were born with right what would this what is what is the true meaning of being an intimate sexual healthy male i mean that is a reasonable question is it not if you're bringing in children just as a statistic in china as you all that have heard me before i'm an oriental medical doctor i'm an author i teach internationally 
I've been doing this almost 40 years, and I have a lot of background in both the Chinese history and healing arts, but I'm multidisciplined. I'm also a naturopath. I take a lot of of these different disciplines into consideration, and I myself have been circumcised, but I don't want to emphasize the inability for my parents to know any better. I want, first of all, to approach this in a forgiving way and also realize that it's my job to overcome the trauma. That's my job. I I know that this has been done to me, but I did overcome it, and I want to speak to the audience and your listeners uh, about how I did so. But um, to to just uh, go to the statistics, in China, there's only 2.66% approximately of Chinese males that have been circumcised. In Russia, it's 11.8 approximately. And in the U.S., it's approximately 64%. Okay, that's about two-thirds of the males in in our country that have had this procedure done. So... That that's my introduction. I want to read something with you further. But do you have any comments about what I've said so far? No, I th- I think you're doing great. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you have so much to share, and I feel like we're not going to have enough time. That's my concern with commercial breaks and stuff. So, well, well, let's let's not focus necessarily on on the limited time. Let's make use of it as we always mm-hmm. will. But mm-hmm. I, I want to. I want to provide some tools for men that have been traumatized in this way. Okay. And I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about trauma here uh, for a moment. And I, I did send you an email of something I want to read to your listeners because this, this identifies trauma because we did, we got to first talk about what's involved with the nervous system here. So this Mm -hmm. comes from the, this comes from the book and indulge me if you will. Uh, of Cruising the Epiphany Highway, which is um, the book written by Dr. Amrosen and my dearest friend and colleague. And he um, has uh, said in page 65 of that book, for those that have it, um, that's the reference point, but I'm going to read it to you so that we can launch off off of this uh, when I'm done, okay? Mm -hmm. Okay, from the First level, emotions can be elicited as a direct response of the nervous system to fulfilling physical-based survival needs. Oh, well, yeah, I'm talking about. So, yeah, I'm going to want to have the link. often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. In one month, my blood pressure dropped significantly. I no longer get chest pain after exercise. It's amazing, and I ordered my second bottle. The reviews are spot on. My target is to get off BP meds, and if it keeps going like this, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. So far, a great product, 
is what it claims to be. Great product. A few days in and I could feel a difference for certain. Not checking medical stats yet. I know this is really working by how I feel. We'll continue to take this product. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Consider this. Dead people see only what they want to see. And frankly, most of us are still dead. Let me give you the lessons of gold and five easy lessons. Number one, don't buy it because you need to make money. You buy gold because you need to protect the money you already have. Don't ever look at the price as a barrier. Look at it as an incentive. Number three, don't buy its paper pretenders. We talked about that a lot. Buy gold. Buy the real thing in the form of coins and bullion. Fourth, don't fall prey to glitzy television or Facebook ads. Do your due diligence instead. And that's what I try to provide you with and have for 26 and a half years on the air. And 30 years in this profession. Fifth, don't allow naysayers to divert your interest. Allow yourself the right to protect your interests as you see fit. Jeff Bennett here. And one of the ways you can do that is to contact Kettle Moraine Limited. Contact me by calling or texting me at 602-799-8214. 602-799-8214. You can also email me at kettlemoraineltd at cox.net. Let me help you protect your wealth and your family today. Once again, call or text us at 602-799-8214 or visit our website, sierramadrepreciousmetals.com. Be glad to help you out. Be glad to answer your questions. That's what we're here for. No pressure. Just good, hard, common sense. The decision then becomes up to you. Welcome back. So uh, we're, we're discussing trauma right now. This is so important because this is a trauma that many people don't recall because they were so young. And not only that, but um, it's, it's a type of trauma that you, it's, it's not in the conscious mind at all. Um, yet you react to it um, with certain triggers so it's a it's a huge thing many men um don't even realize that they're suffering from it at all because they they just don't there's no awareness of the trauma from circumcision but it's there 
And this is what Dean is addressing. So go on, Dean. Yeah, so thank you. I'll, I'll start over, okay? So I'm going to, again, reading from Cruising the Epiphany Highway book, page 65 into 66. Okay. So emotions can be elicited as a direct response of the nervous system to fulfilling physical-based survival needs. This can also be extended, the extended result of any direct utilization of the body, which happens through interaction with the environment. Such reactions are pure, innocent feelings, wherein the movement towards or away from the source of stimulation will only last as long as the nervous system is cued into an actual experience through sensation. The degree of change that will be produced will depend upon the degree of development of the nervous system and how directly the experience ties into the necessity of the biological survival mechanisms. As common need becomes habituated to repetitive circumstance, emotional patterns from the physical level of consciousness. Okay, we're all about physical right now. From the second level, at first the body's approach and avoidance patterns have to do with the efficiency by which it maintains the survival necessities of its own functioning. As the nervous system complexes and starts to impress upon itself the enigmatics of its own efforts, it orients towards pleasure and away from pain responses. Eventually, these approach and avoidance responses excuse me, <clears throat> quantize into conditioned recognition of response efficiency. They become full-fledged feelings of pleasure and pain. Next to the responses of pleasure and pain become an inadvertent measuring rod for whether something, i.e. a situation, person, place, or thing, is acceptable or should be rejected. This process keeps refining itself until even pleasure and pain becomes further differentiated as quantitative degrees of responsiveness with feeling the feeling level. Once so internalized, feelings can, in and of instance, nature gives birth to its own potential. That potential becomes its spiritual potency. That potency eventually takes over, redirects, and restructures the functional process of the original quality of the territory of creation. Then once this new level of processing has become integrated, it in turn gives birth to its own new potential, and the process spirals on. When the nervous system has expanded its processing to where feelings can self-refine, the feeling level of consciousness becomes capable of restructuring the physical level of consciousness, at which point a rather interesting turn about between the physical and the feeling levels of consciousness takes place. So I'll pick up from okay, there. yeah, we'll pick up from there. It takes place. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Dean's so we're talking about trauma circumcision. Trauma. <laughs> 
handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. My name is John, I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee, it's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted, it's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. Standing six foot four, weighing 245 pounds of crime fighting, political science analyzing brawn. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Patrick Slattery. So, Mike, get off this anti cicada agenda. I'm a born-again traditional Christian, and my favorite possessions are right here on my nightstand. That would be the King James Bible and my 357 revolver. I'd rather be ruled by Chinamen than Jews. Cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks, right? Just because you steal an election and terminate the republic doesn't mean you terminate the people in the republic, because we're still here. I'm not taking the vaccine. You, Bill Gates. There was a way forward still on January 6th. What needed to be done is to object to every single state. The COVID-19 virus was the setup. The vaccine could very well be a bioweapon. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-and-lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-and-lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Easeoff, LLC, 417-932-6419.
Okay, welcome back. So welcome back. Here, uh, we're doing a second round on the circumcision issue, and we're talking about the trauma inflicted, and this because people need to understand the level of trauma. Um, and he's talking about uh, Dean Lloyd's going on to, from Am Rosin's uh, book. Um, what's the name of that book again? It's called Cruising the Epiphany Highway. You can go to evolvingthespecies.com and buy it for yourself in its uh, ebook format. And uh, it's on page 65. Some of your listeners may already have this book. But uh, it's very important as it's related to this topic. And I want to just uh, go up a few sentences because I left one out. <laughs> but I was reading from a different source. So I'll, I'll read uh, the whole paragraph and then continue on. So I'm going to jump back uh, and please indulge me, everyone, <laughs> so I can get this, this thought uh, clear before we proceed. Because it's really important to understand how we've been programmed. Okay, all right, this is vital to understanding the healing process that I'm going to be speaking to. Okay, so next, the responses of pleasure and pain become an inadvertent measuring rod for whether something, i.e. situation, person, place, or thing, is acceptable or should be rejected. This process keeps refining itself until even pleasure and pain becomes further differentiated as quantitative degrees of responsiveness within the feeling level, okay? Once so internalized, feelings can and, in and of, themselves generate other feelings, okay? Up to a certain point, without necessarily having to be cued in by physical sensations, as in every instance, nature gives birth to its own potential. Okay? <laughs> You're born with a penis, with the without with the foreskin, and that's your own potential. It's been removed. That wasn't in there. That's me adding that. So, okay, that potential becomes its spiritual potency. That potency eventually takes over, redirects, and restructures the functional process of the original quality of that territory of creation. Then once this new level of processing has become integrated, it in turn gives birth to its own new potential, and mm -hmm. the process spirals on. In other words, you're limited now. You've been uh, deformed, okay? You've been injured and deformed, and now you have a new potential that isn't as great as you were originally born with. Okay, continuing on. When the nervous system has expanded its processing to where feelings can self-refine, then the feeling level of consciousness becomes capable of restructuring the physical level of consciousness, at which point a rather interesting turn about between the physical and feeling levels of consciousness takes place. They begin to juxtapose, dominate as to what level is or, uh, orienting the processing of the whole of the organism rather than the body responding purely on the basis of how efficiently and adequately it satisfies its own survival needs. The structuring mm -hmm. of the physical body becomes augmented through pleasure, pain, approach, avoidance, feedback, mm -hmm. okay, which in turn recycles the continuous complexing feelings 
uh, into the various subs uh, subtitles, uh, the the subsets. Okay, in our bodies, this means that cellular tissues and various organs and glands, compounding up to the entire interactive processing of our neurometabolism, becomes augmented and locked into and or locked away from particular qualities of response okay this is blo- the, the you're now exposing nerves that um, this is me now uh, mm-hmm. you're exposing nerves that become deadened okay less capable of responding but it has to survive in the environment so it's 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 exposed this way okay so this locking up can last well after the stimulus that has initiated it has completely ceased. It can persist through a lifetime unless more expansive levels of consciousness intercedes and uh, ameliorates the fixated response. That's what I want to talk about, but I have to continue on a little further, okay? For instance, an injury may so traumatize some of the cellular tissue that the functioning of the muscles involved will lock up in a defensive compensating mode, creating a gradual impediment in the performance capabilities of the body's movement, or an excessively intense feeling might affect the performance of an organ. Uh, Example of this, sadness can depress the lungs, being courageous can invigorate them. Okay, If this happens enough times, the response of the organ can become proportionately conditioned to abnormally function around those feelings once this uh, this uh, obliteration fun- or excuse me aberrational feeling functioning, aberrational. <laughs> yeah, yeah aberrational fi- functioning of the physically physicality becomes fixated it will in turn recycle back to the quality of how you feel for example if uh if Due to an adrenal exhaustion, you become devitalized. Then everything you do, even what you might normally approach with joyous anticipation, will become somewhat wearisome. wearisome. Or if your muscles become strained and sore, then just lugging and lodging and relaxing may still find you unable to feel comfortable. If any of these kinds of conditions take hold and become fixated in the body, they will eventually, to some degree, imbalance the body's overall performance capabilities. This could cause the dynamic equilibrium in the body to shift, locking your body into exaggerated and straining some of the processes, in which, which in turn could ramify into inadequacy and deficiency in some of the processes if left unchecked this is an entropic dynamic which will hasten the body's deterioration all right i'm glad i was able to chime in on this topic here uh ingrid because there are men with lots of problems and no solutions <laughs> or very, very little in terms of their resources to find solutions. So I'll explain what I went through, keeping this in mind that we are programmed and we are 
in, we've internalized these traumas. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here. But we internalize these traumas and we don't become functionally capable of accessing the deeper levels of our ability to connect on these unresolved trauma, you know, the feelings that we have been traumatized that are programmed into us. Okay, you're with me so far, right? Absolutely. Yeah, this is important on how to, you know, I mean, we, you know, we talk about forgiveness and stuff, but we, these are deep-seated, um, uh, you know, like I said, you know, most people don't even have any memory at all. They have no idea. They think this is just the way they are. It's done at infancy, you know. They well, didn't have a choice in it. They don't have an intellect at that age. They don't have anything but feeling responses. I'm hungry. Right. I'm cold. I'm hot. You know, I'm, I peed <laughs> my pants. I mean, whatever. Uh, these, these work their way into when you become an adult that you realize, oh, my, you lied to me. You told me that this was for something that it wasn't for. You know, this was for sanitation reasons. It's a spiritual somehow. Uh, 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 it's perverse, of course, to think of it that way. But this is somehow spiritually making you a better man. I mean, all of these things are lies. And when you come to that realization, you become, and I did, uh, you come angry and bitter. And my father told me, bless his heart. Uh, he said, you know, at a young age, Dean, you had some anger issues. Well, I didn't know about this, of course, uh, but it was subconscious in my mind that I was going to be hurt. You know, in my, my earliest memories were uh, of some pretty beautiful experiences, but I couldn't access some of the deeper experiences until my adulthood, which were realizing the innocence of being a child and being traumatized like that, I had to be okay or uh, allow myself to feel the trauma later in life. Okay. So uh -huh. I had to be honest with myself. Yes, I did release emotions from that. I, I don't mind saying it because I, I could also I, in some subconscious way, have that muscle memory, that, that hidden memory built into me somewhere. But it came out in different ways. And one of the ways that I was able to bring it to the surface was smiling into my organs and feeding them where they were traumatized. And that includes the penis. So I started to take on a meditation practice that works for me. I mean, there are many different types of meditation, but this one was particularly effective in my healing, and I would smile into my body, and I'm going to go through the process of what that, that looks like. But it briefly is I bring a smile to my body through my eyes. I start at my navel and bring it to my eyes, and I go through each organ, the lungs, the heart, they go into the kidneys. And by the way, in Chinese medicine, it's important to note, that the kidneys are responsible for erections, for the sexual function. It's paired with the urinary bladder in Chinese medicine. So if we want to improve the, the sexual uh, response in a male, we'll oftentimes give things like 
uh, deer antler, or uh, we would give uh, kidney fortifying herbs. Okay, this is this is the way they think of it. Like a, a, a seahorse, well, you you don't get they're endangered species, but in Chinese medicine, the uncoiling of the tail is like the a function of the erection. Okay, and that's how they saw the natural signature, and it works. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it is certainly uh, part of our we'll just say pharmacopoeia in Chinese medicine that that is that is a viable treatment for uh, impotence and uh, and erectile dysfunction type of things. And it's so, not homeopathic. They're taking actually well, no, no, no. Yeah, this this was I'm talking historical uses, uh-huh. okay, okay. That, that the seahorse was used is one example, and there's other herbs you can do it. You don't have to do it with seahorse. In other words, okay. No, I'm just curious, you know, <laughs> species if they're doing a homeopathic the energy, you know, right? I, mean, right, I don't think they really do. They actually do extracts and herbs versus homeopathy. I don't think that's a a thing in Chinese culture, right? Correct. Well, not historically, but but right. there's. There's references that that I'd like to make in Chinese medicine that were important for my overcoming this because they they don't do circumcision at least they didn't historically because they, mm-hmm. they they think that was insane they also think that uh, doing C sections is crazy <laughs> at least the historical way but to save the mother yes but we do it in one in three and this is like twenty years old these statistics one in three of the women in um, in America, get uh, C-sections that have ch- children, and then in China it was one in a thousand. And I was teaching, I think, in two thousand six, and I had brought up that statistic. And the women that were in the room that I was teaching the class, they were shaking their heads, going, "You know, this is crazy." <laughs> so, but but that aside, it's important that you bring energy into the body that allows access. So I was for years, smiling into my organs. So I was smiling into my heart, smiling into my kidneys, my small intestine, my large intestine. And I, when I got good at it, uh, which took some time, but I was able to smile everywhere in my body. I could smile in my knees if I wanted to. If I was injured in my toe or I got a burn because uh, I stubbed my toe or something, I'd put energy there immediately. It was as if it was immediate reaction that I, I acquired. So I did this practice of what was called by Mantak Chia, uh, and I sent you the link to the book if you want to put that in the chat room. Uh, uh, but, you sent it to Skype or you sent it to... I sent your email. Oh, okay. Was email. Okay, <laughs> but you, you can put that in there. There's cultivating female sexual energy. There's cultivating male sexual energy, and he has books for both. But um, uh, I have respect for him bringing it to the public because it was a an art that was held for royalty okay it was only uh available to royalty and the uh he did a good job and dr rosen knew mantok <laughs> he had some interesting conversations with him in fact but um and shared with me as well but his technique is a very powerful one because there are ways of doing this with tai chi or qi kung which are the soft arts right but the the what I'm mentioning here is what worked for me. And what worked for me is when I was capable, competent, and fully, I would say, mastered at the art of moving energy in my organs, I then proceeded to move through 
the injury of my penis. And so what I did is I focused on that area until I felt it again. Because I wasn't feeling it. I mean, I, you can you can stimulate things, right? That's that's why uh, in, in your last uh, discussion with Janice, she brought up that the, the Jewish men are notorious for being masturbators, you know, big, big time masturbators. I don't, you know, and I don't know that. I do know that what had happened with me prevented me from feeling what I was, as an adult, aware of not feeling. In other words, I could put the energy, a smile into my body, a smile into my testicles, I'd smile into the penis, and I would smile back into my eyes and through the body, and it came to a point where the energy became equal from my eyes to my heart to my lungs to the penis area. Everything became equal. So what that meant was, is that what was coming up for me, and this was not uh, exclusively a happy affair, that I, when I would smile into my organs and when I smile into the penis area, I would sometimes feel anger and trauma and sadness and grief. I would feel emotional when this happened. And as I was going through this process, I had to take charge of that because if I didn't, if I, if, I, if I said to myself, okay, I'm not putting in energy that is helpful, beneficial, it is expediting my healing response, then I knew that I wouldn't be contributing to my healing. Because anything that you come, if you are putting in something you know is helpful, if you get too energized, too confident, too satisfied, you know, all these wonderful things that can happen to you, energetically, it has to kick out what's in the way. And uh, Am and I uh, would oftentimes say, you know, just in, in fun, we'd say, got to kick out the jams, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> uh, you know, that's what's blocking energy from you accessing the deeper levels of intimacy. So I repeated this over and over and over, and all these emotional releases came up for me. And I also included what Mantok mentions in his book, Circulating the Microcosmic Orbit. Now, I'd like to just briefly touch on this, because it is a two-part thing, okay? What we're talking about smiling into the organs is one part, but we have an orbit or... A, for most people out there, they know what a meridian is, which is a literally a road or a pathway of energy. It goes through your your whole body. It goes through the trunk of your body, goes through the arms and legs, goes through your head. And these are meridians that are accessible for Chinese acupuncture. Well, the main meridian is called the Renmo and the Dumo. Okay, this is the conception vessel that goes in the front of the body and governing vessel that goes in the back. And there's what's called the little orbit, and I'll just give you what that orbit looks like. Are you are you good with that? It'll only take a moment. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So I start at the navel, and they go to the perine- I go through the sperm palace, which is at the symphys pubis, to the perineum, and to this coccyx the coccyx bone, where you activate a pump. When the pump is activated, it moves the chi or energy up to the spine where it meets at the kidney 
location, which is directly opposite the navel. Then it moves up to the solar plexus, opposite the solar plexus, okay? And then it moves uh, up to the back of the heart, okay? Which is this midpoint between the nipples and, and directly in back on the spine. Then it goes up to the neck where you activate another pump and you'll feel it work once you activate it. And then once that pump activates, it moves the energy or the chi up to the top of the head. And the top of the head, it then spreads out like an umbrella. <laughs> you could imagine it kind of like uh, filtering or going down the skull. And it's a real wonderful feeling when it feels like it's raining on your skull of energy. It's beautiful. And then uh, you go to the third eye center, right to the forehead, right between the eyebrows. And then it comes down to where your tongue meets the top of your mouth, okay? And it, it goes and it changes from there, from the warm energy to the cool energy. The cool energy is the front of the body, which is yin, feeds the yang organs, or the, the uh, organs that are male, okay? We consider yang male. And the yin organs, which are female. So the, the opposite occurs, where the, when you go to the, the tongue, it changes over from warm energy to cool energy. And the cool energy goes down the tongue to the throat. And then from the throat, it goes to the midpoint between the nipples at the sternum. And then it goes to the solar plexus in the front of the body. And then it goes to the navel, where you collect the energy, circulating it for men 36 times, going clockwise, counterclockwise 24. In women, it's the opposite, counterclockwise 36 and 24 clockwise. So this this is one technique, and I went through it rather quickly. You read the book to mm -hmm. get details. But this is what I did primarily 90% of the time to connect with my organs and smiling into them and then circulating the energy. I did the whole orbit, which is the heavenly orbit, which goes to the hands the arms and the legs, but I, I'm not going to go into that now. But to just give the audience the ability to understand that when you move energy consciously, like I spoke about here, where the body compensates for these traumas, then you can, and I have, reached a level that I could identify the emotional blocks that were in me and move past them. Right. And this is all done through meditation and actually going through the body in a routine that you say is in the book, Evolving the Species, and there's this technique, right? Well, the Evolving the Species talks to the consciousness, the mechanism. Mantok does not do that. He talks about the meditation technique. I just happen okay. to use this one that he describes okay. in the book for me to reach the level that I did to recognize where these blocks of energy were. Cause I, I can see how a man could easily become controlled by those emotions. I, I see that. So thank you, Dean. I appreciate it. You're going to have to please join us the second hour. So stay tuned.
Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.